0: Welcome to Maker Skills, exploring your internal toolkit with PJ, Tanda, and Tom. Welcome back everyone to episode 54. The Studio 54 episode, but we're not talking about dancing. Our skill topic for the week is reproductionizing. Which sounds made up? Probably because it is. Tom, mm-hmm. what skill class is reproductionizing?
1: Oh, thanks for asking, PJ. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with an eight. It's an eight. I, I think
0: I think it's probably an eight. I, I got to go with Tanda's answer, Tom.
1: Ugh. All right. Fine. I,
0: but I, I honestly, but I think I think she just.
1: I feel like she just copied my answer,
0: but. I think she just reproductionized your answer. Yeah, I think that's that's how it is. I think that's what happened there. Um, anyway, anyway, so Tom, uh, what research did you do on reproductionizing?
1: <laughs> oh, one of these days you're gonna just stop asking. I want, to, I want to be clear about what a reproduction is versus something more like a bootleg or a, what would you call like when China just rips something off and sells it and doesn't care? Mean? Well, yeah. All right. Fine. Fair. Um, so I bought, there's a little misunderstanding here. I bought a chainsaw that is a clone of a steel 660. It's a big old 98 something CC chainsaw and China makes it. I forget the brand. It sounds German, but it's a Chinese clone. The misunderstanding is that they are stealing money from steel. Well, that's actually, that's funny. Um, But they're not. They are reproducing expired patented chainsaws, which is completely legal. Mm -hmm. That's what generic brand medication is. That's what, Everything is in the world. They didn't make... They're not making the brand new version of the Steel 660, which is actually a very incredible, awesome saw. There's a lot more to it than these older models. So I bought an old model Steel for... God, a third... A fourth? A fifth the price. So I just wanted to start the show off without doing my research, but clarifying what a reproduction is versus... Straight up theft.
0: That that almost sounded informative.
1: Oh, thanks, man.
0: Yeah, that's A little attaboy. It was
2: really close. Yeah, it was really yeah. close. Little attaboy probably, for Probably there, Tom. probably way better than anything I came up with. Well, what what did you come up with, Tanda? I came up with uh, facultative parthenogenesis. Tell me more. Which which is which is reproducing? It's reproducing. But it's reproducing with without without a male. So occasionally, even if you have a bunch of hens laying eggs, you can actually hatch a chick. Really? Because very very rarely in nature this will happen. You know, it's kind of that uh, Jurassic Park nature will find a way thing. But apparently, a couple of California condors, uh, you know, did this, and so it, it made the news. What was it called? Facultative parthenogenesis. Sidebar, Tom.
1: Yeah, I'm googling it now. Hold on. Yeah,
0: this this sounds what like another. Th- I think she's making it up. There's no way that's a real thing.
1: It sounds like she, this. I, I is... I mean, it sounds like immaculate conception to me. <sighs> Chickens which don't have. On your belief system, is it totally
0: a thing? Yeah, but birds don't have religion, so that can't be it.
1: You know what I'm saying? Uh, I beg to differ.
0: You you know of a bird that that you know goes to church?
1: No, I just really like to differ. Oh, all mm-hmm. right.
0: Okay. Up. Uh, you know what? Uh, uh, looks like Tanda's her feathers are ruffling. Okay, Tanda, exactly where did you find this information?
2: Do oh, I just I just found it when I was uh, looking up uh, re- reproductions.
0: Oh, oh. and
2: uh, and it's it's out there on the web in uh, in various places in the Journal of Heredity and uh,
1: you know, we should we should probably let everybody know not to google this subject this week. It's just you're going to get things in your search history you just Yeah. can't explain.
0: Not that kind of reproduction, Tanda.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, most of the stuff I found I had to I had to delete.
0: Oh man. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, that's that's uh, that's not what we're talking about. But I
2: thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a that's one word for it for sure. That is that is definitely a word for it. Um,
2: moving right along. I mean, I didn't want to take any superstitions.
0: There, there are there weren't. There... Don't Google reproductive <laughs> superstitions. Yeah, it's the uh, uh, I'm gonna we're we're not gonna talk about that.
1: The nice man at the FBI. I explained it to him. Everything was fine. He just said, you know. This is becoming a habit. Let's not do this next week.
0: I don't. I don't have a comment on that. But what I will talk about is the the reproductions we're talking about is like uh, things things that, um, well, like the definition that Tom gave. But as I was searching, uh, one of the things I came across was I was looking up like reproduction parts, and what came up was OEM parts. And I realized that I don't know what OEM parts means, but I always thought that it meant that parts that were made by a different company than the company that actually made the parts, and that is not what that means. OEM stands I, nope, for Original, original Equipment, equipment manufacturer. manufacturer. So that means that they made the parts for the company that's selling them. So it's, it's, the, it's reversed from the way that I thought it was – Uh, But one of the examples that was given is uh, Maxter makes hard drives for computers, and they would actually manufacture hard drives for computer companies like Dell or HP and brand them as Dell and HP, but they were actually made by Maxter. So there's a lot of well-known companies that make these products for other companies, Mm -hmm. Uh, and sometimes there are companies that you've never heard of, that make these products for other companies, but you can buy OEM, prod, you know, parts or uh, complete things, complete tools, just like Tom was saying. And uh, you can get them for a fraction of the price because they are not under the original name. Yeah. They're listed as an OEM part or an OEM product.
2: Yeah. We have a, we have a huge like pharmaceutical place here or not pharma. It's like, uh, you know, they make bombs and salves and, and herbal remedies and all kinds of stuff. And they don't have their own brand. They make them, they put them in containers, and then they contract with anybody and everybody to put their own branding on it and do their own marketing. And they may or may not change some little, you know, add lavender or something. But they're strictly an OEM. And then it's up to somebody else to label it and market it.
0: Yes, And that's all we're going to say about that. You've just entered the dealer's corner where bargains are currency. Prepare yourself. Okay. So we got two short ones. Uh, The first dealer's corner is called Ben's Bargain Trade. Uh, Ben Wilson and I traded some parts. Uh, We just basically just... I sent him parts. He sent me parts back, and that was that. But I sent him... He needed a... A new chuck for his drill press he bought a new drill press and he needed a jt33 chuck which is a tapered chuck and i happen to have a brand new keyless jt33 chuck so uh, i sent him that along with a new old stock sears adjustable auger bit like you know a drill bit uh, in its original plastic pouch because ben collects sears and well not just sears like any department store kind of things like kmart and JCPenney, he collects all that stuff and in return he sent me a box of delta goodies uh, i got a bell housing pulley cover a motor mounting plate these are all for uh, dp220 drill press uh, a return spring cover uh, a long bolt which i think is for uh, the column the column lock and then three handles, which appear to be cast iron, that are not of Delta origin, but were on a Delta drill press. So uh, I don't, I don't know. I've never seen handles like this before. The the stems and the ball are all one piece, which I've never seen. So I don't know where they're from. Uh, but that was that was the that was the deal there. And then today, uh, this is this is a long awaited. Tool for me. I have been trying to get a hold of all, you know, I'm always looking for Thor tools. And this guy in New Jersey, uh, this deal is called the Thor Unicorn. So I have never seen this tool before and I have not seen another one since, but I've been trying to get it for I think almost the last month. It's been going back and forth on Facebook Marketplace. So I paid for it through Facebook Marketplace and then the guy was unfamiliar with how everything was supposed to be sent and he was trying to send it with his own shipping then he thought he was supposed to send it with facebook marketing shipping then he couldn't figure out what was happening like he we went back and forth and back and forth for weeks and then finally he just sent it to me so i just got it today and this is super cool so it is a thor model 5037 electric drill it's 220 volts which means i can't test it but it is a 3/8s model with a quick change head system so this is an all metal thor drill and it came with three jacob's chucks that were all the 32b model from 0 to 3/8 inch capacity and then i don't know if these other two attachments were two flatheads Or two chisel heads. I don't know because it's a really odd shape. But these things screw on very, uh, like, it's a quick change system.
1: Did you say the drill is 220 volt? Yes. A hand drill that you plug into the wall? Yes. I have no further questions. Continue.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't have 220 in the shop. Um, But the weird thing is it had a 120 plug. So like I plugged it in and thought that I was going to turn on and then nothing happened and then I looked at the tag and it's like oh no it's 220 I'm like this this isn't a 220
2: plug what, what? maybe someone S- trying to fix it replaced a you know a, a broken plug and just didn't realize that if
0: that mm. was the case they fixed it about 60 or 70 years ago because it is an original old school plug huh like it's not new it's it's it looks everything looks original original cord a whole 9 yards uh, but, uh, this, it just said electric drill. It didn't have any other, th- any other, uh, nomenclature, 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 I don't know Nomen, what word nomenclature. is. Nomenclature. Nomenclature to differentiate it. And I feel like it should have, uh, it, it, like if you looked at the tag, it didn't even have an amperage rating and it didn't have an RPM rating. Like that wasn't stamped in, which I always find oh, that weird. kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, maybe 60 years ago that wasn't required. Maybe there wasn't some kind of UL requirement for that.
0: No, but there's a space for it.
2: Oh, it just wasn't stamped in.
0: It just wasn't stamped. It didn't It didn't say the amps and it didn't say the RPMs, but it was just blank. Like whoever was stamping that day was like, nah, this one doesn't need it. Doesn't need it. I'm going to try ink today. Just see if that works. It could have been. Could have been. But the other stuff was stamped in. Right. So, um, anyway, that was what I got. Those were the only deals. Uh, two small ones, but uh, definitely good ones. Were those deals hot enough for you? You got a sizzling deal that's burning a hole in your pocket? Send it in. Maybe we'll read it on air. All right. It's time for personal history. Tom, what's your personal history with reproductionizing?
1: Uh, when I was a kid, my... My parents always wanted us to like draw and stuff, but just never took. We never got good at it. But they gave us tracing paper, which is basically like wax paper. I don't know what it is, but you put it over an image and then you trace stuff, and that was fun. And then that's it. Uh, Fast forward till like maybe three years ago, when I got into uh, I bought the Nintendo, the Sharp NES TV. If you Google that, you'll find it, and I've talked about this before, but it's okay to talk about things twice or 50 times, but I got into that, and this is before I really started modeling things. It's way before Fusion, and the group, the Facebook group, has probably 200 members now. It's a very small niche thing, and the the entire group was about who has doors for these TVs, there wasn't really a whole lot to talk about within the group. Cause it's a TV and it's a Nintendo and there's not a whole lot of detail there, but every single post was, Hey, thanks for the ad. Uh, does anybody have doors? <laughs> that's the whole, that's the whole group. And I love it. It was great. And as my skills got a little bit better, I was like, you know what? I'm going to reproduce the doors. And I did. And I nailed it. And I bought a big old printer and, and um, printed dozens of them and sold them. And it was very successful. I was very happy about it. And I still sell them occasionally today. But the market's super tiny. So I had to reproduce those. I had to reproduce every little detail. And keep in mind, reproducing an injection molded part by using 3D printing has a whole host of trouble and problems but I was able to figure it out with some help from a couple friends AJ Huff helped me out um you know picture just a TV door I know I've explained this before but just an old school TV door that you push in to click out right Mm -hmm. it's one of those it's just a thin piece of plastic with a hinge and a little clicky bit and this thing had compound curves so the front of it was curved just slightly uh like a like a windshield maybe And then the top had like a one-inch ledge. And that was at a five-degree angle. Not a 90-degree angle away from it, but a five-degree angle. And that was super complicated to model. So I did that. And since then, I've done a few things. I'm not going to remember them all. I should have written them down before the show. But I just did a car part. My first car part, which I'm excited about. I'm excited about the potential. Uh, It's for a international harvester scout Mm -hmm. anybody know what that is international
2: scout yeah i have a friend who has one
1: yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so it's basically a bronco is that a fair way to describe it
2: kind of a kind of a biggish bronco little little bigger than
1: it's in that category of bronco land cruiser like old school land cruiser or i guess old school Um, bronco
2: too about the size of the original bronco Bronco. not the bronco Two. yeah
1: sorry that's what i was more referring to you're right Um, so it, it, the, the brand only ran, not the brand, the model only ran for like, I don't know, a half dozen years, maybe, but this guy in Atlanta who JD hooked me up with, actually he was our guest last week. He, that's all he does. That's his entire business. He's got 40 scouts on his lot and he's not necessarily a car dealer. He's more of a restorer, modifier sales, everything. And they have this part that they just kind of are having a hard time buying. And it's an interior plastic piece. And I sent him a sample of what it would be like 3D printed. And they got it today, but who knows if they saw it. So, I'll get info back on that. But that was tricky too because of the injection molding aspect where just the rules are different. You know? So, like, this thing had weird flanges on it that I just can't print well... So I actually, you know, where, where maybe there's a big flange, I just filled that entire space up with plastic because I, that's easier for printing than it is for injection. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. As I'm, as I'm listening to you say that, you know, it kind of divides making reproductions into two categories. I mean, there are reproductions that people want because they want to trick you into thinking it's original Mm. and those would be like maybe a faithful reproduction of the exact part but then like what you've made reproduces the functionality and from the side that you see it or interact with it it's a reproduction but you've actually made the part more easy to more easily manufactured with 3d printing right so you've it's not really an exact replica of the part but it's a functional reproduction and cosmetic totally. i guess from one side. So it's, that's interesting yeah, totally. that it's you know it's not necessarily you're trying to reproduce the part so much as the functionality and and the look of it where it's important.
1: Right, where it's important. So yeah, so like the the Nintendo doors those had to be exact replicas even though the texture of 3D printing looks different than the original that was okay. That was like the one like thing that we could live with, you know, but everything about those doors is exactly millimeter for millimeter exact. And this car part is just, it doesn't need to be exact, you know, 360 degrees There, there's, there's some allowance for fitting it to 3d printing. And if I think of another thing, I'll think of it, I'll, I'll say it, but I know I've done a couple other things where, oh, I just reproduced the Delta lamp. That's right. The thing PJ wanted to do, and I just stole it from right under him. That was fun. The The little lamp that goes on old Delta drill presses and bandsaws and scroll saws. I, uh, I printed a couple of them already, and I threw some Bondo on one of them and painted it, and it looks really, really good.
2: I'm, I'm thinking about reproducing your reproduction. <laughs> I'm thinking about take, maybe it. taking your design and, and printing it um or or getting one from you and then casting it yeah and then making uh probably polyurethane casts not not aluminum casts although that's tempting as well but seeing if i can make a mold to pour tough polyurethane copies of them and yeah. then then they can be made much quicker and they will be you know a rigid polyurethane
1: yeah so cool. a resin resin cast um, of that a few have asked for, for that purpose. And I'm like, maybe I should make like a casting blank, which is, would that be any different? Like, I mean, it would be split in half in a certain position, right? Mm. But would it be, do you put a flange on that for easier pressing or something?
2: Well, it depends on how you're, how you're casting it. I mean, I could use the original Uh, if I'm making a silicone mold to cast it. But if I was going to cast it in aluminum, then I would probably want the original and a core. So I would want the outside that was just the outside, and then something to form mm-hmm. a sand uh, core to put on the inside. So mm-hmm. yeah, that would be that would be an interesting one to uh, to try and sandcast. Maybe if you stood it upright, Whoa. it would or upside down. Probably upright, but yeah, that. I mean, people cast bells all the time, so it wouldn't be that dissimilar than casting a brass bell.
1: Tana, does this exist? I just thought of it, but it's got to exist. Can you three d print in a wax and then melt that out? like there's like wax casting process well there there right?
2: there are super accurate 3 d printers that print in wax for the jewelry industry they that there they are. do for rings okay. and stuff that are like yeah. really, really accurate tiny little prints. but there are sure there's three d printing wax that's made just for that. That's cool. People do do uh, PLA, lost PLA also, where they just put it in a kiln and burn out PLA.
1: And just do it anyway. That's cool. Yeah. My wife actually works her company makes uh they own Loctite. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know this, but Loctite makes 3D printing resin for industry. Yeah. And probably other not, you know, not just resin or whatever.
0: Wouldn't the Loctite get
2: stuck inside the 3D printer?
1: I, I Tanda sidebar.
2: Yeah, what an idiot, Tom! Tom, I think you forgot to hit the button. Tom, you forgot to hit the sidebar button.
1: Oh, sorry, I wasn't talking about you. Hold on, what an idiot, uh,
0: Tom! Still on, dips. Tom? Still that on? Was wrong button. That was
1: a wrong Son button. Son of a, you know what? Forget it. I don't know how this thing works.
2: That sidebar, PJ? Yeah. It. What an idiot.
1: Yeah,
0: he is. <laughs> but we allow him to come back every single week. Yeah,
2: I
1: agree. What an idiot!
2: Oh, jeez, ah, me too. I don't think it's working anymore. We will have to
0: run a diagnostic later.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, Tanda, uh, what's your uh, what's your personal history with uh, reproductionizing?
2: Well, i've I've got I've got two daughters. Not that kind,
0: no. Tanda. Not that we already had this oh. conversation in the history and we, fun facts. Yeah, we already
1: covered that. Yeah, again.
2: yeah. No, I was kind of way off track. You know, I wouldn't have even wouldn't have even thought about like. Uh, making sketch reproductions until Tom said something, but a funny thing that happened when I was a kid. Well, it's funny now. It's one of those things that's funny. Now I was making uh, replicas. I was making great big cutouts of, of things. So I was taking like cartoon characters and, and um, you know, cards for with, with pictures of people on them and stuff. And I was wanting to make great big replicas of those. So basically what you would do with an overhead projector, but I didn't have an overhead projector. But I did have like this makeup mirror, like one of those magnifying makeup mirrors. And so I was cutting out silhouettes of these figures and then I was placing them on the surface of the, the magnifying mirror and propping it up on the bed so that I got this big reflected silhouette up on the wall. And then I could hang a big piece of paper up on the wall and trace around it. And and that was going swimmingly. And then uh, I went out. We had this little building out back. It was kind of our, our clubhouse, and I had some magazines or something out there. And I went out to rummage around those to find some more images. And I came back in, and the magnifying mirror, you know, had fallen off of its little prop down onto the bed. <laughs> I knew that
0: was going to happen.
2: And, and there was this smoldering hole in the paneling. <laughs> of my parents' bedroom, which was where I was doing this, because that's where the light was coming through the window really good. Oh my god! And so then I had to, uh, I had to go and confess, confess that. But uh, you know, I really built up what had happened and and how bad it was. And in actuality, the hole kind of just blended in with the paneling because it had all these like dark knot holes and stuff in it to make it look rustic. And so I, uh, I, I didn't get in too much trouble, and I didn't burn the house down because I came back in you know while it was still merely catching the house on fire
1: that's awesome yeah
2: so that was my that was some of my early reproduction attempts and then i i think that most recently it's mostly just been casting reproductions using uh silicone polyurethane resins to make reproductions of things that i make them old in silicone and then and reproduce them and i got into that to do what we were just talking about and that is to 3d print parts But for people who wanted a part that was somewhere in between a 3D print and an injection molded part, could 3D print it, clean it up, spray it with, you know, like a high fill primer, sand it down, get it looking like a production part and then make a mold of it and then cast multiples of it in polyurethane resin. And so that's probably the most experience I've had with, uh, with doing reproductions.
1: Is that fairly easy to do?
2: It's not too bad depending on the on what you're trying to reproduce. I mean little figurines and stuff with undercuts and I mean, it can be really complicated or it can be mm-hmm. fairly easy. And if you're making the part or if it's an injection molded part and you kinda make it in the same way, it, it's usually not too bad, depending on how you know how complex the mold was that made The original part right but you can do things you can't do the other thing that's interesting about it though is you can do things that you can't do with with injection molding so it really is kind of in between because you can pull i mean silicone molds are super stretchy and so you can do all kinds of little details and you can have to a great extent undercuts and places inside that would be impossible to injection mold but you could 3D print them obviously and you can also pull the silicone out from around them and so you can make things that couldn't be injection molded.
1: All right so pick pick one of my products that I'm making would it be more economical cheaper for me to mold them or is that more expensive?
2: If you were buying a lot of resin it would probably be cheaper pretty much on par but it would be way faster. I mean I can I can pour a resin that will kick off in 2 minutes.
1: Kick off. It'll cure in 2 minutes?
2: 2 or 3 minutes, 5 5 minutes. Meaning I mix the two parts, I might have yep. a, you know, a 5 minute pot life. So I mix the two parts, I pour it in the mold, the catalyst kicks it off and it hardens enough to take it out of the mold. I could be taking it out of the mold in 10 minutes. Something that takes you 8 hours to print. Okay. So that's that's more where the win is. But I
1: can't do that while I'm sleeping right not without money okay
2: yeah no you would you <laughs> would have clear. to you would have to pay people to re,
1: but that's cool though that's something i'd want to look into but
2: you could 3d print you could 3d print the other thing is you could 3d print 5 of them and then cast 5 at a time right or you could cast one and then make copies of that but you could be pouring 5 up and so you would have 10 in the time it would take you to 3D print one, or you could have, you know, 50 in the time it might take you to 3D print one, and then you could sleep. Sure. So you might have to just stay up all day making them, but then you could
1: sleep for three days. <laughs> That's interesting. I'll have, to, I'll have to play with that. That's cool. Yeah. So
2: I'd like to you know, maybe play with the retirement light or something along those lines and making mm-hmm. a, a reproduction of it. What about, PJ? What about you, PJ?
0: Uh, I haven't made any kids.
2: Oh, well, mm. we, maybe we should change it to reproductionizing and just talk about remaking things that are old.
0: I haven't remade any kids either. Oh, oh old things, yeah. <clears throat> I'm I'm very familiar with old. Things.
2: I mean, if you that'd be a good idea though, because if you had somebody's kids that you actually, you know, you liked and they were good kids, then you could just make a reproduction of those and not take the chance of you know something going awry.
0: That's that's cloning, and I don't I don't know about cloning, but oh, I yeah. I have very similar to Tom. I did. I was very attuned to tracing paper as a child uh, there was i don't I, I know i don't know any kids nowadays is tracing paper still a thing i don't know if it is
1: everything is still a thing
2: yeah i think yeah i think Every. you can buy carbon paper at like office supp- office supplies
1: That's the whole point of reproducing
0: well no not carbon paper i'm i'm talking about like what tom was talking about it's like an opaque almost uh, almost see through paper but it it's like um mm. it's 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 textured I don't know. It was never completely smooth. It was, it was almost like uh, rice paper. That was, that was sort of the,
2: the yeah. consistency. But you could, you could use a vellum yeah, or something it. that would be equivalent.
0: Amazon's got it. They didn't give vellum to eight-year-olds, okay? That was for the adults. Eight-year-olds got the, the, the garbagey transfer paper that we call tracing paper.
1: Yeah. You can buy it on Amazon. It's available.
0: So there was that. And then, of course, my dad had his T-shirt business, so he had a light table. So every once in a while, like mm. I would have access to that if I, if you know, I, I I put my my mind to it, but not so much. But yeah, I would trace things. I don't know that I would call that reproducing, although technically it probably was. But I can't remember a single thing currently that I traced. I know I did it, and uh, it was it was a thing, but I don't remember anything specific. As a jeweler, I did make. Uh, wax castings, but they weren't really reproductions. They were pretty much all custom-made, so uh, using lost wax methods of casting. As far as reproducing things, that's really fairly new as far as, you know, we're talking about Tom's making the things. I am trying to reproduce drill press parts, which I'm finding the there's there's several different hurdles to that process. The design is only one thing. You're trying to Take something that exists and copy it in a 3D environment and then print it. 3D environment is a little difficult to work with in some ways. But now I'm running into an issue of the model is fine, but the 3D printer doesn't want to behave. So right now I have a problem where I'm printing something that's roughly, let's say, 6 inches tall. And somewhere is between 3 to 4 inches the 3D printer's sides, it's going to just knock over what it's printed and just start printing a giant ball of filament fuzz in the air because it feels like it. (laughs) And I I may have solved the problem right before the podcast, but I'm not 100% sure I've got to try the solve that I found on the internet. And the other thing I've figured out is uh, I I need to stop talking about the things that I'm making before they're made because other people have started making them. (laughs) I'm not talking about Tom. I'm talking about a listener. Like
1: what, though? I don't. I don't. I, like what? So, like, like what? Give me something that you want to make, like next week, <laughs> and we'll see if it. <laughs>
0: I'm not telling you, Tom. I'm not telling you.
1: Don't give me real
2: examples. We, we can talk about open. those things in the after show.
0: Yes. So I'm. I'm fairly certain that I talked about this on another show. Uh, but there's a there's a, a gentleman on Instagram named Matt Fink and he sent me he tagged me and tom uh, he made a reproduction 3d model of a walker turner switch cover which is is a very specific assembly that belongs on walker turner drill presses and i'm fairly certain i talked about it and he made it before i did so i'm going to stop talking about these things because people are <laughs> making my things
1: i will say this i have infected my little venn diagram circle of people and they are all starting to do more designing and more printing and i'm like but wait i want to do it and i want to make money <laughs> which i think which i think is wonderful that means it's a good idea i yeah. mean when
2: you have an idea no, and people are immediately totally. like oh i want to do that that's that's
1: validation and some will but most won't you know i wasn't prepared for it not that i'd be prepared but like i'll give an example cuz so marsh Uh, Marsh Wildman made his own version of my drill caddy and printed it and uses it. And I think it's awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, saw that. He had questions along the way and I helped him where I could. And I just wasn't like ready for that to be a thing. And I'm like, okay. Like he bought a printer. Like, I think, well, I might be wrong. I know he's had a printer. I think he bought an Ender 3 recently because he's like, I got to start doing this stuff again. And he's been printing other things and it's been really cool to watch him, like, get back into it. It's It's been fun. But I just wasn't ready for, like, the community around me to actually follow a little bit. And I'm like, oh, that's what, that's kind of what I'm doing here on Instagram, isn't it? Okay, I guess this is, this is proof that i'm having an impact of right. or some level of inspiration for others i just i was just so stuck in my own little world i really wasn't thinking well, that hard it,
2: i did definitely had that effect on me i mean i've been i've been busy yeah. at work and kind of thinking about wanting to do more stuff here at the shop you know and and try to change my schedule where i have more time here mm-hmm. and and you're doing this has just made me every day i'm like i should be doing that you know so <laughs> yeah no it's good i think it's well, I think just it's good
1: to to be clear i do not i just want to say like don't feel don't feel too much of that because i i'm a stay-at-home dad like i don't hold down a job i don't necessarily have all the time in the world but i get lots of 10-minute bursts in my day and i have time for these things so don't don't feel. Um... No
2: no I'm not I'm not. I, it just makes me okay. you know it, it, it doesn't make me feel guilty while I'm at work. It makes me feel guilty when I'm well, like yeah. doing you know watching watching the eighth YouTube video, of you know of something that I don't really necessarily am, am learning anything from. So
0: right yeah totally. So when when Tom first did the reproduction of the retirement light, he he tentatively sent me a message. He goes I hope you're not mad. And I'm like, dude, you're you're not the first person to reproduce that. I, I've I've seen plenty of people talking about it on Facebook Market, not Facebook Marketplace. Uh, some of the Facebook groups that I'm in for Rockwell and other things, they've talked about the reproductions. I haven't seen them, but I know other people are doing it. So it's Tom's. Tom's yeah. not the first person. I'm not the first person to think of it. Right. But
1: there's room for everybody. There's
0: room for everybody. And my response to Tom was. First, my reproduction will be better than his. That's that's just that is how it is because Tom is built for speed. He wants to make it as quick as possible. It sort of looks like what it's supposed to, and then he's done. That's that's what he wants to do. It
1: looks exactly like it's. Never mind. I'm just you yeah, keep going. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. I,
0: I won't point out all the things that are missing, Tom. That's okay. But
1: I I'm like what. Let's do the let's let's hash this out, man.
0: <laughs> you have no internal bracing.
1: I want to put like little uh, little wavy edges around it or something. What internal bracing? Yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. He I doesn't want even know what own. I'm talking about. There's internal bracing for
0: what? There's internal for bracing in the original casting, which you don't have.
1: Up at the top?
0: Yeah. Those little ribs? They're not ribs. They're they're like little squares.
1: Yeah. What are they for?
0: They're to brace the light so that when you grab the bell housing to move it, it doesn't break.
1: Oh, <laughs> are you, are you, so I will be making what are you those printing with that's that
2: fragile. Oh, but Tom's are made for led lights and they are, they're made of plastic, not out of glass. And so they're why tough. Would,
1: why would it break up there? The, the light, the light socket is not attached to anything. It's attached to the bell, and the bell is attached to the arm. So when you're pulling it, the tension is all in the relationship between the arm and the bell housing. But I don't really want to talk about this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, of course. So anyway, what I'm trying to say is mine will be more detailed than Tom's will be. But, this
1: should have been the after-show segment. Uh, we should have argued about this. Well,
0: maybe. But the other thing is I will be making two different versions of the Retirement Light. I will be making an original version, and then I will be making the Junk Hunter version, which will be— Oh, so much more sexy. And I'm not going to say what that sexiness is, but when you see it... You'll...
1: You already told me, for $5, uh, message yeah. me and I'll tell you all about yeah, it. Yeah,
0: Tom knows because we've already discussed it. But the point being... I, w- I promised I wouldn't tell. I, I will have my own spin on things. So, you know, it, it. will. you'll know what stuff is mine as far as, like, if you want an exact reproduction, I will be doing that. But I will also be offering a much sexier version of along this in the same spirit let's say but uh, but yeah I'm working on I've got my 3D model for my retirement light is in process I'm working on it when I get time amongst the other things and that's basically it uh, I'm not I'm not uh, I don't have as much experience as either of you two
2: uh,
0: I am I'm I'm working slowly
2: you're doing well I'm gonna make a modern day retirement light you know you guys are making these like really fancy retirement lights like when you work for the company for 40 years. It, that doesn't happen anymore i'm making like a millennial retirement that's light true. it's it's basically just a phone holder it's like a solo cup that you can that you can clamp on your on your drill press and turn your phone light on
1: yeah it's just a solo cup with a led in it
2: yeah, yeah pretty much yeah it's like a solo cup and it has a phone holder built into the top so you can put your <laughs> phone's led light through it
1: yeah
0: <laughs> that's that's what you should do for sure Just darn, I think it's time for one of them old-timey commercial energy lubes
2: and stuff y'all, this is Edna down at Johnson's Hardware. Are you looking to do some reproductions, but you just don't have the equipment? We have just the thing in stock for you, the Easy Fake Oven. That's right, with the Easy Fake Oven, you can just pop in a picture of the product you're looking to reproduce, set the dial to 11, and hit go. And your 3D part will rise right up out of the picture. Make sure that you're using Easy Fake Oven paper, and also print it with Easy Fake Ink. It's simply amazing. The 3D replica will look just like the original, and the best part is the Easy Fake Oven is just $19.95. That's right, less than $20 here at Johnson's Hardware. Be sure to use Easy Fake Oven ink, available in 3-pack cartridges for just $111.72. Parts made with the easy fake oven will need to be kept at a nice even temperature of between 20 and 20.5 degrees C, or they may deform and shrink back to their original picture. You'll find us at patreon.com forward slash makerskills. What the heck nabbit? I need to get me one of them. Anyone know what street
0: Patreon is on? I need to go. All right, it's time for crossbreeding. Tom... What skill goes well with reproductionizing?
1: A keen attention to detail.
0: What skill is that?
1: I don't know. I was hoping that was good enough. That's all I wrote down.
0: That was a description.
1: Yeah. Whatever skill goes well with that description, that's, uh, that's Do skill. Do
0: you, do you mean observation?
1: Yeah, I guess so. Is that a skill? Definitely, yeah. Do we observe that as a skill? Yeah, observation. You need to be able to see the details. Sometimes you don't see the details until you make the first one, and you go, oh... I forgot that thing. And then you have to add it, which means you probably have to redesign the entire thing from scratch because 3D print or CAD software. That's been my life recently.
0: That sounds very depressing, Tom.
2: No, it's a lot of fun.
0: Tanda, what skill goes well with reproductionizing?
2: I'm going to have to say re, re-envisioning. I, th- I think a lot of times you're doing a reproduction, you're doing it with different tools than the original.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: and so I think uh, just looking at the final part, kind of discarding how it was made originally, and dreaming up how you would make it with what you have—that
0: sounds about right to me, for sure. Yeah, I like it. As for me, I'm going to say photography because sometimes you need pictures of the stuff you're reproducing. So if you're a good photographer, PJ, you get nice clear.
1: PJ, the easy fake oven isn't real. It's a joke we do here on the show that um, we create a fake product. The picture thing doesn't work.
0: Tom, sometimes you you don't have a physical object to to make a reproduction of. You need pictures of the thing.
2: Uh, Yeah, and then if you have the pictures, you can just put them in the easy fake oven, right? No, we're not talking about the easy fake oven.
1: But if photography is the skill that goes well, you would have had to take pictures of the thing you don't have. So how does that work?
0: If you don't own the thing, you can take pictures of it. Oh... Where's the thick? Maybe it's in a museum.
1: You can't take pictures in a museum. What state? What state? All the states.
0: State of confusion.
1: That there that's not true.
0: <laughs> it is now. It
2: probably needs to be solid state.
0: <laughs> yes, it's a solid state, Tom. Not a gaseous state. Fair point. That way your pictures come out.
2: If you reproduce things that are Fair in point. liquid or gaseous state, then the next thing you know, your reproduction is no longer representative of the original.
0: Also not the ocean state. No one wants a wet picture. I say, old chap, it's time for Patreon's Parlor.
1: <laughs>
0: what are we doing next? Short and sweet? Well, if you weren't talking, you'd hear, Tom. We're doing Patreon's Parlor. Oh, yeah. We have a new patron. Everyone welcome Eric Peterson to the, to the fold.
1: <laughs>
0: Hold on. Where is the... Uh...
2: Oh, the bell. It sounds just like our guest yeah. bell.
0: That's totally not the guest bell. Come on. Oh.
1: That's the same bell. I saw it. Guys, you can't see this. I know that, wait, but wait, that was the same bell.
2: Wait. It, it could be a reproduction.
1: Oh. Oh, she might be right. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair play.
0: So Eric Peterson came in at the skill class uh, 3.8457, which is our $5 level, which means he gets a custom skill. We need to come up with a custom skill for Eric. And Ooh. Eric's name is spelled with a K, which is the Viking spelling of Eric. I don't know if there's – maybe I should be saying it
1: Eric. I don't, I don't know. Is that, mm, is that the Eric. Viking? Right, right. I think so. This sounds Viking-ish to me.
2: Yeah, except I think his last name is spelled with an O, and I think the Viking Peterson is with an E. So maybe we give him a half Viking skill.
0: What's a half Viking
1: skill? I
2: like that. I don't know. We have to come up with it. You don't know? Well,
0: it's like, like a Viking skill is sailing. So, what's a half Viking skill? Like he gets a dinghy. Well,
1: yeah. you don't always make it to the other side.
0: That's true. That's true. Some some people didn't make it, but he made it because he's he's a Patreon. So his family oh, right. was able to right. get across. So yeah, I, oh, probably true.
2: came down the Hudson River or something to, you know, to Michigan or something.
0: Somewhere. i yeah. I, I don't. I don't know where he is.
2: But. I don't know.
0: I'm thinking of Vikings and the, the things I think of is hammers and axes. Like that's that's what I think of when I think of Vikings. I don't know why.
1: Mjolnir's?
2: No, well, I think I think of hats with horns on them.
1: I do too. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Vikings had the horny Minnesota hats. Vikings. Okay. So so <laughs> th- that's the pool that we have to pull from as far as a skill for for Eric.
2: Yeah. Maybe maybe he can pull an axe out of a hat. <gasps>
1: That's a good idea. That's a good skill. Or a rabbit. Wait. Oh. Or a rabbit joint. Like a magic trick.
2: Yeah. Well, no. I mean, if you could just pull continuously pull axes out of a hat, that could be really handy. That
1: would be. A, yeah. That'd be a cool skill. I thought you just meant like there's an axe in a hat and he can pick. It oh out. no, he
2: can just take a hat, any hat. He'd take the hat right off your head, pull an axe out of it.
0: That's not a Viking skill. That's a magician skill. That's. It could that's be a not... Viking
2: music- well, Magician. Yeah, I wouldn't I, discriminate. I, I don't know. I, I, it I seems implausible. Think
0: that the Vikings had magicians? That's that's not a thing.
1: I don't think you know that. You say that like you know things. I mean, I know some things. Listen, every every culture that has ever existed, every dad that has ever existed in any timeline, has gone. Hey, look what's behind your ear. Every all of them. So I think Viking Magician is plausible.
0: Okay, so according to your logic, Tom, um, Eric should be able to walk up to a total stranger and, hey, what's this behind your ear? And just pull like an axe out from behind the guy's ear?
2: Definitely.
1: No, only if they're wearing a hat. Are you listening?
0: (sighs) Not a lot of people wear hats anymore, Tom. I don't think that's a good skill to have.
1: I'm going to look up how big the hat industry is right now. I think you're wrong.
2: I'm 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 looking up
1: Viking magi- mag-
2: magicians here.
0: A... I'm talking about Viking hats, not just like baseball caps. Like oh oh no, we're talking to any hat. I mean like other than like At- Izzy Swan or Pat Lap. I mean the the horned hat industry is is not that large.
1: Well, I know, but the thing the truth is, Viking hats never had horns. That's a that's a weird made up holiday thing.
2: Oh.
0: Um uh, Tanda, I I think we've we've come into some muddy water here. I don't I don't know what to do from this point.
2: Oh man. Well, we we've got to stick with the original theme unless we can come up with something else. Well, I mean Vikings wore a lot of like
0: furred clothing, you know, they they were, you know, hunter gatherer I mean, they gathered a lot of gold and stuff, but I mean, I don't I don't know. I'm not a Viking expert.
1: Hmm. <laughs> Just to give you a quick idea, the hat market revenue was um million in 2019, just to give you. So hats are a thing, man. They're everywhere. And if there was an axe in every hat, that would be a pretty cool skill.
0: I mean, that would tank the axe market, if you think about it. That's true. If you could just pull axes out of all those hats, I mean, then all the axe makers would be really ticked off.
1: Well, would they be original axes, or would they be replicas?
0: They'd have to be reproductions.
2: We don't want to. We don't mm. want to sink the axe market. So maybe he can pull an axe out of a hat, but it's like a rubber axe.
0: So it's still a pretty good trick. But oh, that would make Vikings. Vikings would be really mad then.
1: Yeah. Maybe it disappears at midnight. Oh yeah, temporary mm. axe. Yeah, you I know, like that.
0: Well, Vikings were definitely tied to the water. What if you get the axe wet? It dissolves.
1: That's that's solid. I like that got to put some limitations on these skills. We can't be giving people all kinds of crazy skills right. that can ruin the entire economy and planet.
2: You put it in a vapor rust and you just get a handle back.
0: Okay, here, here's—okay, I like the—yeah, so this, <laughs> this is where we're going. So he can't pull an entire axe out, but if he has a handle, he could stick the handle into a hat and it will come out with an axe head on it. But if you get the axe head wet, then it'll dissolve.
2: Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good skill because lots of people can handle an axe, but not many people can axe a handle.
0: That's what I'm. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying that's that's a good skill to have.
2: Yeah, reaxing handles. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, you don't hear about a lot of people who are who are reaxing handles these days.
0: All right. So the skill is called axillation. Perfect. Yep.
2: I like that Axillation.
0: All right, Eric Peterson. Uh, by the power invested in the three of us, we bestow upon you the skill of axillation.
1: Thank you, Eric thank you thank, thank you. you once again and and you're welcome
0: indeed nothing better than the queen's word mm. cheerio all right it's time for short and sweet tom do you have anything to wrap up the show
1: i don't think so no just keep making stuff people
0: okay keep keep yeah people keep making stuff tanda what about you anything to wrap up the show um,
2: yeah, a couple things. One thing uh, last week I mentioned uh, when i was when we were going through what we were watching, I mentioned that I'd been watching uh, someone on YouTube that was doing a lot of silicone mold making and and molding. And the name is Robert Tolone. I think that's a typical spelling of Robert, and it's t o l o n e Robert Tolone. And just a lot of like tips and tricks on cutting molds and molding and you know, just been doing it for 30 years. So just lots of insights into making molds that work and don't get bubbles in them and so forth. And then the other thing is, uh, if you have access to or have a form labs like an SLA printer, there are a lot of resin printers now that have castable wax that we were talking about earlier. So it used to be a very specialized printer that the jewelry making industry used. But now if you have access to a Formlabs printer, or you can just use Formlabs material, they have uh, castable wax resin, Hmm. Then we can have it at our maker space because we have a jewelry lab there. And it's really cool. You can do some teeny tiny, really fine detail with it. It's impressive. That's cool. Very cool stuff.
0: Well, uh, as for me, a couple days ago was Halloween, and while everybody was outside dressing up in costumes and getting candy and you know freezing their butts off i went over to my buddy kyle's house and i machined something for the very first time
2: that's very cool yeah only i said "Mm, that's very cool yes yes because i didn't want to interrupt you yeah but now Uh, i've interrupted
0: you like like at least eight eight times now by now but uh, anyway
2: tom sidebar yeah, awesome time. I, I I don't really have anything to say. I just didn't want PJ to get get going <laughs> yeah, I know. again. I figured. Yeah. I figured okay. as much. Oh, look, yeah.
1: okay. Let's just the, let's slow him down. A little. The
2: redness is is subsided. He's he's calmed down a bit. Go ahead, PJ. So I've got this
0: elevator that came off the Walker Turner drill press, and it didn't have a handle. But I had bought a bunch of uh, wheels, cast wheels for most likely for lathes, and I have about twenty five of them. And I found one that was the right diameter to fit the shaft where a handle would go on this elevator. But the elevator has a pin going through it, which the handle has to seat onto in order to drive it. And this one actually, this handle has a keyway in it instead of a notch for a pin. So uh, I went over to Kyle's and we, it took a bit of doing to get this hooked up to Tom's got a blue sheep. That. Thank you for that distraction, Tom. Yeah, no, no context whatsoever. Anyway, so it took a little while to get this handle secured to the bridge port. But then once we did, uh, we took off about a quarter of an inch from the backside of this because it was a little bit too thick. And then we milled in a slot, and the slot was so perfect that when we put it on top of the pin it only seated down halfway and Kyle and I were looking at each other and he's like, Oh man, maybe we should have given it a little more clearance. And I'm like, hold on a second. And I got the acorn nut and I just started screwing it on and it just seated down perfectly. Like it was mm-hmm. just that close enough that it just needed a little pressure. And, uh, and it was great. Every, everything was, was perfect. It's going to, nice. uh, it's going to work fine. And, uh, and then, uh, we went, I went inside and, uh, his, uh, girlfriend, Christina had cooked us, a. Really, really fantastic home cooked meal. No candy, but it was tasty. Mm-hmm. And then we just uh, we chilled out with her and her brother, and uh, and that was that was my Halloween. So
1: that was nice.
2: Now, did you cut the slot in two passes or one pass or?
0: So we we didn't have an end mill that was the exact width of the slot, so we used a smaller end mill, mm-hmm. and we took several shallow cuts to get it to depth. But then once it was at depth, then we we were using the DRO to get everything centered properly. Right. And once we had it to depth, then we just moved the the end mill over and then it was really a very shallow sort of side pass to get it the rest of the way.
2: Right. Yeah, that that can sometimes result in a in a taper, just because the tool is deflecting more at the end than the
0: We went super slow. So it was yeah. um, we were both uh, and I Kyle started but then he's like hey you want to do this I'm like yeah I want to do it so I did a little bit well
2: that's very good so when are you getting your Bridgeport because I know they just drop from trees where you're at I I you know I mean people are just like putting them out by the garbage I I've already got five
0: I I don't want to tell you guys they're all out in the driveway
2: yeah oh, man Yeah, it was bound to happen
0: yeah I know I know I didn't want to tell you I didn't want to spoil your mood but
2: yeah, I've got like If you could put one in some bubble wrap and send it my way, I'd be appreciative. Oh I just heard something. Hold on, let me look out the window
0: here. Oh, oh, I I think there's six now. They must be reproducing. Jeez. Oh, oh.
2: Some people have all the luck.
0: I'd like to thank our top Patreon members, which is of course our very own tanda, and Creator Nader, who are our top Patreon supporters. And this is the end of the show. We are now going to go do the secret segment, which only our Patreon members will hear. Oh, so cool! I for get the listen. rest of you guys. Yeah, Tanda gets to listen. Tom doesn't.
1: That is fact. That's okay. His sister will tell him.
0: That's true. That's true. <laughs> she
1: messaged. She messaged me the other day. She's like, "Oh, I forgot I signed up for that." <laughs> <laughs>
0: we need a lot of other people to sign up and forget. That's that's definitely on uh, the list. But thanks for tuning in, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maker Skills. If you should need more skill information, you can find us on Instagram at maker.skills. You can also email us at makerskillspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at PJ Galati, son of the junk hunter, on Instagram and YouTube. You can find Tanda at Tanda Madison on Instagram, and you can find Tom at Infinite Craftsman on Instagram. We welcome any comments. Please leave us five star reviews on Apple so that we can make more skill madness come your way. See you next time.